That's Lit with me, Shazzy D from home. Thanks again for joining me for another fun episode. And today I have a very, very, very special guest joining me on my show. It's my very own dad, Mr. Michael Masige. Dad, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like the Mr. Did. Thank oh, you good. very yeah. much. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I've never called you that, like ever. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so a lot of people, okay, a lot of people know you as, you know, maths teacher, physics teacher, chemistry, head of the maths department, mainly in the teaching field. But what a lot of people may not know is that you are also in the preaching scene. You've also preached a bit and you also host your own uh, Bible study. What kind of got you into preaching in the first place? Well, I became a serious Christian, let me say that, when I was still working in, uh, when we were still living in Botswana, and that, that has grown over time. Um, sometimes there are times when you have something that beats on your heart, but it flutters there and you ignore, but I've always known that there is something to, to do with God and my heart for a long time. So I thought maybe I should pick it up and see what's happening there. Check more closely, put my ear close at my heart and see what's, it, what's happening. Is that flutter real? And I think it is real flutter. It's a real, uh, there's a true heartbeat of God next to my heart. Oh, that's so nice. And so that kind of led you into, I guess, you know, going also in churches, Christian churches, I should also point out, um, <laughs> and getting to speak. Um, what kind of experience is that like? Uh, well, sometimes when you go to speak and you want to preach about the word of God, you can sometimes be so consumed with what you want to say that sometimes you don't reflect on the people you would like to speak. You don't reflect so much about who, whom do I want to speak to. But sometimes you have a message which is burning in your heart, and you are you are not uh, thinking so much. But so what has happened lately is I started reflecting on um, the audiences, the people that I'm going to share the message with, and I say, um, what is it that um, <coughs> What preparations? How can I prepare my audience to, in order to hear this message? Yeah, that means my sharing of my message should have a component which prepares the audience. Um, you know, to say this is what I would like to say. The audience needs to have an idea that you have done some maybe background check on them, you have an idea of what kind, what type of belief, you know. So, yeah, and I think that comes partly from my teaching background. That, uh, mm -hmm. You know, you don't just, um, the message is the total thing. It's not just what you, when you start opening your mouth. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I guess ties into my next question, which was, yeah, do you think having taught for so long um, that also made it easier, I guess, to transition to this kind of thing that you also do? 
Yes, um, being a teacher has been helpful, especially with uh, not having as much stage fright um, because you've been sitting in front of audiences for so long. So when you transition to uh, probably adult audiences, you are not as... But then again, that also can be a weakness because you can then start teaching sometimes when you need to be preaching, when you need to be evangelizing, because these are different uh, yeah, different ministries, you know, you can, yeah, so, because there's a ministry of teaching, but sometimes you, 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 you want to, you have a feeling, this is for evangelism, but I, most of the time I end up teaching, <laughs> I end up teaching, and uh, um, maybe some people think, oh, maybe we are not children in class, you know. <laughs> Do they think they're in the classroom? <laughs> you keep explaining things the way you explain them in the classroom. So in a way, it is both an advantage and a disadvantage. You've got to remember these are adult audiences. And, uh, yeah. They are giving you their attention in a way that students don't give it to you. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, big question, big question. Um, do you prefer one or the other, or it's like there's two different, you can't really compare them? both of them feed off one, mm. uh, feed off each other. Mm. Uh, going this way, you learn, and then going that way also, you learn, and then you bring your experiences mm -hmm. either way. Um, so I, I've learned from uh, Marin from both ends of mm -hmm the people that I speak to. I do prepare probably more, much more with the students than I do with the church audience. <laughs> because I only have one book to look at. And, yeah, but the preparation for church, is there's another aspect to it. Because this is spiritual. I take prayer very, very seriously. So I pray. I spend time in prayer and uh, I believe that um, God can come and help, that God actually helps and he's using you as an instrument of uh, the message that you are getting out. And sometimes when you're actually preaching, you can find yourself being turned away from what you had prepared. And, uh, you know, you like some kind of invisible hand turning you in a certain direction. And I believe that is the Holy Spirit who may want to deliver the message in a certain way, not to everybody. Oftentimes when you preach, it's never to everybody or not everybody gets the message the way you intended it. Mm -hmm. So um, the people who really get it may be the people that the Holy Spirit has intended for it. And tying into your you know, preaching experience, your life being a Christian, You've also written a book recently, and it's called Becoming Love Distributors. Can you tell yes. us about it? What is it all about? I believe that the relationship between a man and God is one of love, and that God is love. And in fact, it's written in the scriptures that God is love. So when God interacts with man, basically it's love interacting with man. But uh, God has worked out his system in such a way that uh, um, 
there are people that he would like to use to distribute that love to others. There are people who are more conscious of him directly, and there are others who are not as conscious of him in a direct sense. And he says, that person, A, will hear it from B. So B gets the message, gets the connection. Almost we could say a direct connection from our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and he is so bursting to talk, and in, in his day-to-day -day encounters, he meets A and shares it with A the message, you know? So we need to know how to become uh, love distributors, distributing God's love. Uh, we need to understand when it is God who has come and say, you know, because... Uh, God can say, I would like to get that person, but he's neighbor to this person who knows me well. So how do I then, he orchestrates things around so that you end up maybe taking for your neighbor, you know, you may cut some grass for him or, or her, or you may uh, give them a lift when their car has broken down. or you may, And then from there, it becomes an opportunity, but you may not see that this is God has allowed certain circumstances to come in so that you can then be a, a distributor of God's love. Mm -hmm. In my book, I'm showing examples. I've gone into the Bible and I'm showing examples of how God has distributed his love from people, from characters in the Bible. Uh, people like King David, people like Joseph in Egypt, you know, God is, was using to distribute. So you yourself today, you need to, to be conscious that once you know him, he wants you to be one of the distributors of his love, of himself. Because love, God is love. So you are basically distributing him to other people. And because love can show itself in many ways. I think sometimes when people mention the word love, I think... They think of it in like a romantic sense. But what are some of the examples, I guess, you can distribute love that aren't always so, you know, it's not always romantic, like in the movies or in music. Most people associate love with giving people some physical item. You know, I get an item. I know somebody doesn't have that item. In fact, love is about giving. But... I don't believe that it's always giving something physical. There are times when you need to give sympathy. Mm -hmm. There are times when, and this is a big one, which I'm going to say, when you need to give space. You know, somebody just needs space. That's a big one. <laughs> you know, sometimes somebody just needs space. Uh, they need space, but you need to have the wisdom from God to say, I think this person needs space. You are showing love. You are giving them, uh, some people associate space with emptiness, but basically you are, you are giving them space around themselves to, to more fully express themselves than they would if you are present. So that, you know, so this love is a, is a big thing, but I believe that if you were a prayerful person, you'd be directed on how Sometimes to give, sometimes to remove yourself. Yeah, but it is, um, 
um, it's big. It's very big, the love that comes from God. Going back, I guess, to your book, um, what inspired you to write it? I think that um, there is a love deficit in people, uh, but I, not just the thinking, I think I've been moved in my spirit to see that there is a, a love uh, deficit and people need to understand what, uh, there is a use of the word love um, so much, but I, over the years, I've acquired the belief that love is not something that you just uh, engage with, with another person. Love is always something that you receive and then transmit. You can't manufacture, you can't make it in yourself, but you can make yourself to be a better receiver and a better distributor. So that's what uh, was driving me to, to, to write this book. Um, and also, of course, there are many components to love, but I still believe that all love comes from God. It's just like when we say in science that, oh, energy, you know, is coming from the sun and, and then being distributed here and there and here. Love comes from love himself. So love, it comes from love, him. And then uh, when it comes into us, we, first of all, we need to recognize that, yes, this love comes from God. And that is the essence of what I'm writing in my book, that this love is coming from God. And I've shown different examples by using characters that many people are familiar with. You know, many people are familiar with in the Bible um, and showing and saying, this is how, this is what they did to demonstrate that they were aware of the love of God. I, for example, use King David a lot. Very and famous. Uh, David and Goliath David, for those of yes, you who know that David. Exactly, yes. Do you think a lot of people perhaps don't love as easily because they aren't aware that they're capable of giving more love? That's that one part of it. Some people are just not aware. Mm -hmm. And with, I thought that through my book, people may now get to realize that uh, love is from God. And if you really want to love another person, you need to ask for that love from God. You can't just say, today I think I just need to have some lovely feelings towards um, or my wife or towards my sister, towards my brother. I need to have some lovely feeling. No. Now, um, one of the things which I have argued in that book is that people recognizing when God is now giving them that love. Perhaps that's a much bigger deal. Recognizing that the love has come, that the love is there, is much more serious thing. So the book is more to say, this is recognition that love has come. Because often we use our experiences and our limitations to try and see, and we fail. So for you to be even able to say that the love has come, you really need to have your spiritual eyes awakened. During the time when Jesus was on earth, very few people, I don't think there were very many people who actually recognized him for who he was, that he was um, uh, the fullest expression 
of God's distribution of love to the people here on the earth. And side note, the spiritual eyes, if people don't know how to get said spiritual eyes, can you give an example of how you can get these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, everybody, I, I have a belief that everybody has spiritual eyes. Okay. I have that belief. It's whether they are open or they are closed. Um, perhaps bringing a little bit of science here is, um, you know, we do have some living things that can see certain kinds of light because not all light is visible light. They are some animals that can see using infrared, you know. So what I believe is that uh, besides the visible light, God is light himself. So when that light comes, uh, then it enables us to see spiritual things. Because another way of, spirit, of saying you are spiritually blind is to say you are filled with unbelief. You are full of unbelief. Uh, everybody has been there before. We are all in various stages of unbelief. You know, you can't believe certain things. So the first thing is to start by asking and saying, God, I would like to know you. And he, knowing the state of unbelief you are in, will start bringing certain hint to hint around you and uh, you'll be put in a situation where your eyes will start to open perhaps a bit faster and faster and faster. But I don't believe that there is anyone whose eyes are 100% spiritual eyes open. What is the benefit of being a love distributor? I think being filled with love, first of all, very many people, uh, it's all they see and all they are able to focus on is what is going wrong. Um, we sing, we watch the news, what attracts you when you are watching the news. That's why the news, people are always coming with the most dramatic, the most um, horrific things. So a lamp distributor is somebody who basically is um, addressing our mental health in the immediate to say, despite all these things that are happening, there is love here. So it, it's a key ingredient of, um, of our mental health, but also we need it as part of our spiritual diet because we are spirit too. Spirit must feed. We, most of the time we are feeding the physical but we are yep. not feeding the spiritual. So you find very many people are walking around uh, spiritually malnourished. So we have a spiritual malnutrition to a point actually of being famished. Perhaps even beyond, there is a famine in the spirit. The, the key food we need to feed that spirit for us to fully express ourselves is to feed uh, the word is to feed the love. Uh, um, so once you receive this love, you find somebody who um, was not able to do so many things to care about other people because we were made to care about others. But for us to be able to care about others, we need our spirit to be fed with love 
so that we can be the caring people that God made us to be. Otherwise, we close our eyes to the people who are who don't have shelter, the homeless. We, we, we close our eyes to uh, um, the suffering around us and we, we just feel, oh, the government should do that. I don't have to get involved. Uh, and there are many people who are going to say, but I give without being a Christian. Well, the good thing about um, doing it as a Christian is that you, you actually get a benefit out of it. It's spiritual but you do end up getting a benefit. You know you are storing your, for yourself. In the after, you are storing something good for yourself. Yeah? Because uh, each time that you do something, you know that you have an account. We do have an account in heaven. As we do things here on earth, God is recording, saying, good, my servant. That's great. You've done this. So there is... Um, so. I don't believe those people who say, we just do it out of a good heart. I, I, I would like to say, I want to do something when I know I am going to benefit, though the benefit will not be here or not. The benefit I'm not going to get, you know. But sometimes I can help somebody here today, and as a result, God can move another person also to help me in another area which I have wanted so much help to. So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily, uh, yes. not just you help someone and you get something yes. back. You can help someone and it, they don't necessarily And you may get something physical back, but then again, even if you don't, at least you know that because Jesus has said, let's put our resources where the moth does not touch. So when, when we are giving somebody who cannot, we are basically giving God. We are giving him where we know our wealth, where... Um, moths cannot reach to eat it like here on earth. So I'm encouraged by that, the fact that if I'm doing something here, there is um, a reward. You know, the concept of reward is very important. Some people say, no, you just do it without reward. No, I'd like to have the reward. That's a good motive as well. So I would like to challenge those who say, oh, you should do something without any you know, expecting any reward. No, it's just a difference between whether I expect a physical reward or a spiritual reward. Yeah, I can, you know, something can happen. But it's just, sometimes God can reward you by helping. As I said, a key ingredient is our mental health. He changes your perspective. The love we receive from God can change our perspective our perspective where our problems have looked so big and you receive a perspective, when you look at how big your God is, you realize your problem is just like the tip of a, a needle. <laughs> at the other end, at the sharp end, it's so small, you change. So the love changes, dealing with other people with a loving relationship changes your perspective to the correct perspective, so you have a good perspective of the situations you are facing. And actually, my final question, Yay. what do you want people to take away from your book? What, what is it that you want them to leave with after reading it? I would like to, my main aim really is to direct people to read the main book itself, to read the Bible. I want to excite people to say, where is it all this coming from? 
it's like I bring you a little bit of gold and you, are, you stop being interested in the gold, but you start thinking about the gold mine. You know, I bring and say, where is the gold mine where you took this gold from? So I've written that book to whet the appetite for people to say, ah, now where, where is the real, where is the real stuff? You know, um, my writing is more to get people to say, I want to also start looking for, you know, people who used to read the Bible casually. I would like to excite them to say, if you read it prayerfully and meditatively, you will get the same message uh, like I am doing. So it's more like pointing them to the real thing by bringing a taste up. Say, look what I have found. Look what I found where I went. Uh, then you say, instead of saying, let me share, just they say, let me also go where you went and get, and get as much as what you have got. And where can we get a copy of the book? <laughs> well, uh, at present, the book is on Google Play, so you can get that. So becoming uh, lab distributors is on Google Play. And the print book will be available soon. Uh, people will be able to get that through going to my website, michaelpimasige.com. Awesome. Well, Dad, OMG, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be uh, on your channel. It's just yeah. amazing. Thank yeah, you. not a problem.